This is Ben from Seattle, and I just wanted to say one thing to the American people. I did not listen to I Doubt It with Dolomore, but that, defin- that depends on what your definition of listen is. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. Right, everybody, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us for this 506th time together, episode 506 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I am joined today by the coffee-fueled, lovely, talented, and scholarly co-host of the program, Brittany Page. You know, I was whining to you recently because... um, I, it is often the case that I hear people talking in public and they... We experienced a lot of that this morning. They start off by saying something like, um, you know, did you hear this? And then they start talking about something and it's completely wrong. It's completely <laughs> wrong. I'm, I'm sitting there like, oh my yeah, God, like yeah. they are just lying or they just don't know what they're saying is wrong. I don't know what it is, but this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> this is bad. And I would love to like pop in and be like, oh, hey, quick fact check here. Um, <laughs> what you're saying is not accurate. And here's actually the real information. Oh, oh hey, quick fact check here. Yeah. But what a douche, right? You, you can't you can't do oh, that. You can't. It's not acceptable in society to I, talk not, about facts. Though? Well, I mean, people don't like to you, be told they're wrong. You look like one. a dick. Well, also, it's none of my business. They're having a private conversation. Why am I listening? Well, I'm the dick so in this situation. Loud. That could also be true. Um, but you, you know, also if you're if you're in a social situation, right, with maybe people you don't know very well, and you d- do this, right? You you hear what they're saying. Maybe they said something that is inaccurate, and you offer. The facts in that situation, even then, if you do it in a nice way, people can still think you're a dick, like you're not supposed to be correcting people. And I think a lot of this is because in our society, we say you shouldn't be talking about religion or politics. You shouldn't be talking about these things in polite company. So we've like shamed ourselves into stupidity. Yeah, and now we don't know how to communicate and we don't know how to disagree or be disagreed with without feeling threatened and offended. And Like it's an attack on your personal being. Yeah, when we should all just be good at this, you know? We, yeah. we should all practice this. But um, anyway, th- that happened. But also I heard someone lying this morning. <laughs> and I, we're going to talk about the dog again. So if you're sick of hearing about the dog, go ahead and fast forward. Although, who gets don't sick fa- of hearing forward. about the dog um it's a funny story yeah so we went to the dog is only ancillarily is that a word i don't know it doesn't sound like it is only related in an ancillary <laughs> fashion yes so ancillarily so that would be a great word if it's not already it, yeah it, it would, seems like it should be a word it would be a great one so <laughs> we went to get bagels and we, hey everybody just fact check it real quick yeah <laughs> And we are good pet owners, so we don't bring our dog into every location, every food 
uh, location that exists in California. You like some people do. Sign- Look, we're going to get back to the story. But do you know, I don't see it like in L.A. I see it here in Orange County because it's more, it's less urban than L.A., meaning like it's not densely packed city. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's mm-hmm. more suburban here. Yeah. But every goddamn place says, look, we love your dogs, but they don't belong in here. We welcome service dogs, but you can't bring your dog, your filthy, shit-eating, asshole-licking dog into the goddamn grocery store where food is being served and prepared. Mm-hmm. No! Quick note, Popeye cannot reach his asshole with his tongue. It doesn't matter. He still doesn't belong in a goddamn grocery store. No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just giving extra facts for the audience so that they know that he's better than some dogs. Because of his inability to reach his asshole with his mouth. Yeah, believe me, if he could reach it, though, I'm sure he'd be all in there. Oh, it would be a a fucking lick fest down there. For sure. So anyway, we... (laughs) So so anyway, back to that. Yeah. I hate that, that, mm-hmm. th- that they even have the fact that they have to have signs that say, hey, dicks, mm-hmm. food's in here. Yeah. Don't bring your dirty dog. Well, otherwise. Who also piss on the corners of the aisles. Yeah. If you're walking to a PetSmart, holy shit, there's those wet floor signs everywhere. Yeah. Because they're constantly happen to mop the place down because mm-hmm. dogs are pissing and shitting all over the floor. Yeah. Well, in that instance, we, we have been to the same bagel shop where there have been animals in there. Yeah. And- and, no you know, you're eating your bagel and you get a side of dog tail because the fluffy dog tail comes up and hits your bagel while you're trying to take a bite. So it's just not good. OK, so we don't bring the dog in. So, oh, yeah. Back to the story. So <laughs> I I ran to get in line ahead of you. And then you came up after me with the dog and sat outside the restaurant at a table and waited for me to come out with the bagels. And as this was happening, there were two kids that were seated behind me. And if I had to guess their age. I would say maybe like 12 or 13. I thought they were young. I I was going to say 9 to 12 years old. I thought they were too young to be out there alone. Yeah, they were pretty young. Yeah. Um, And so... they were they were alone. Like they had their little bike, Mm -hmm. like a weird, like... Yeah. transportation that they got there themselves. Yeah, two young friends out for a bagel in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And so you walk up with the dog. Fucking white people. And I'm in line. And... Popeye attracts a lot of attention and he obviously got the attention of these young kids and they started talking about how perfect looking he was and all this stuff. From a distance, they're probably 30 feet away. Yeah, so I'm listening to this like, oh, it's so cute. They're talking about Popeye. I'm too far away to even hear this is happening. Yeah, but then one of the kids starts saying, oh, I actually know that guy talking about you (laughs) and he says he brings that dog to the dog park all the time and that dog, he can can do so many of these little tricks. He's Uh, always running around and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there like, what? He is making up these lies. He's just lying, lying, lying. And what happened at first was when he said, oh, I actually know that guy. I was expecting him to talk about YouTube. And then he... I'm a big nine-year-old audience. Yeah. And <laughs> and then he starts just randomly making up all these lies. And I'm standing there like, I know Popeye doesn't do any kind of tricks other than sleep and eat. And maybe sometimes he sits and shakes. Like, he's not running yeah. around doing anything. Well, he doesn't also, like to run. I don't bring him to dog parks. We don't know how he's going to be. I mean, he ignores the fuck out of other dogs like when we walk on the sidewalk 
But I'm not going to let him off leash in a dog park and have him look like a fucking murder spree. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. He, he's, a, he's a rescue. Yeah, so it, it was just weird that, I don't know if he thought you looked like somebody. No, and he I don't thought, look like anybody. He thought that the dog looked like a dog that he knew that he sees at the dog park a lot. Or if he was just making this up to look cool to his friend. I don't know, but it was very strange to me. <laughs> I think it's likely that he knows that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is on her way out mm. and he's just he's honing his skills to take over. Yeah. As White House press secretary. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're definitely I don't know if they're going to find a better liar than her. It's true. Mm hmm. It was I wondered if maybe he was like with his little girlfriend and was trying to be like an, trying to impress her or something. Huh? Because also why it's a weird thing to lie about. Mm hmm. I know that guy. Mm -hmm. He brings that dog all over the blah, blah, blah. He's doing all kind of tricks. What? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's unnecessary lies. Or I think the weirdest lies. Mm -hmm. The most, not dangerous, but they're for sure the most troubling lies. Because you're lying just to lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talking weirdos. Yeah. But we did. We did get up uh, early this morning. And uh, even right now, doing the show, it's earlier than when he normally wakes up. He doesn't mm -hmm. get up until 11.30 or so. Yeah. So being, getting up at 8, bringing him out into public, a lot of sidewalk laying down time. Yeah. For for Mr. Dog. Yeah. So I I also want to talk about a, um, a new CNN poll that was released about Americans' knowledge of things. <laughs> And in this poll, they found that 12% of Americans have never heard of Mike Pence. Wait, wait, what? Never heard of him. 12% of Americans, mm -hmm. and I'm sure these are people over 18 that they're polling. They're not like kids. You don't poll children. You poll adults. Yes, it was 1,011 adults. <laughs> uh, listen. It shouldn't surprise me. It shouldn't shock me because Donald Trump is president. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it is. It is. It's idiocracy. How did 12 over 10 percent? That's over 30 million people, adults in this country who don't know who Mike Pence is. Mm -hmm. it, it, who's, you know, who's second in line yeah, to be president. You know, you know, those those bits they do on Jimmy Kimmel where they go out in the street that I used to say, ah. That's bullshit. That's they're they're editing that. That's not true. There's not that many dumb people. I retract that. Again, a reverse, a reverse tooting of the horn mm -hmm. because that, that's got to be true. Then I mean, it doesn't it, that one doesn't one doesn't prove the other, but it lends a lot more credibility to that being a possibility. Yeah. Well, apparently in uh, 2014, Newsweek did a poll and asked a thousand people uh, questions about the from the American citizenship test and less than 29 percent could name Joe Biden as the sitting vice president. Uh. So maybe depending on how the question was asked, there would have been a higher percentage, like if they were to say who is the vice president, right, rather than have you heard of this person, you know I what I mean, then they wouldn't be able to name the vice president. Possibly. Which is worse, do you think? I mean, it's none of it is good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, either way, you're, yeah. you're fucking... Uh, none of it is great. 
but it, it is kind of alarming. You you have it's to depressing. You have to wonder what people are doing. <laughs> I bet what how how many of that twelve percent do you think could la- name fucking Lady Gaga or fucking Beyonce or some pop culture figure or every single person that's won American Idol in the last twenty five years? Right, right, yeah. How long has American Idol been on? <laughs> oh Jesus, I don't know. Is since... it, it twenty five years? No, no, no. <laughs> it's less than. Less than 18. Okay. So anyway. Fewer, all of, fewer than 18. All of the American Idol winners, I'm sure. Uh, they can probably name all of the... What's that What's that boy band uh, that's not so In big? Sync. No, no, like a current one. Oh. Uh, the the, the Jonas Brothers. One. No, current one. They just released a new song. One Direction. One Direction. They're probably not even current anymore. That's probably half a decade in the past. Yep. See, it shows it. So maybe, you know, I think my knowledge mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. It is important. There's no need to know those fucking goofballs. <laughs> there is a reason to know who Mike Pence is. Yeah, you'd think so. He's second in line to be president. He thinks you can pray the gay away. Yeah. I mean, God damn. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. No, that's not rhetorical. What is happening? Oh, you want me to explain? <laughs> no. I I can't explain it. Man. I have no answers for you. Anyway. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Well, that makes everyone feel good about themselves, though. They're like, I know who Mike Pence is. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it shouldn't make you feel good about yourself. It's a very low yourself. bar. <laughs> it should make you feel better than those people feel about themselves. That's all. That doesn't mean good. I wonder if it was like a wake-up call. You know, they're taking this poll, and they're like, have you ever heard of Mike Pence? And then they say, no, I've never heard of him. I wonder if they went to Google that afterward. You Come know? on now. Come on. Okay. If you don't know who Mike Pence is, you're not thirsty for knowledge. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to one time You're I, using your your brain to navigate their stupidity. Well, one time I was talking to my godfather about Kim Kardashian, and I'm sure it was a great conversation that we were having, and he <laughs> he didn't know who she was. Wow, what a that is a world I'd love to live in. Yeah, can you imagine he didn't know who Kim Kardashian he asked wow. me who is that? <sighs> That's not something that should be ha- scorn should be directed to. That's something like, yeah, fucking good for you, dude. Yeah, stay away from Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Yes. All right. Speaking of awesome, we had a great discussion the other day about Bernie Sanders having released ten years of his taxes, mm. um, paying an underwhelming amount, I believe, paying an ridiculously underwhelming amount to charity. Considering he's, you know, Bernie Sanders, the guy who summons little birdies to the to the podium. He's a magical figure, a mystical character. And uh, we got a little pushback. We got an, an over five minute voicemail from a listener to the show. And I'm not going to play the whole entire thing. Because, or I'm not going to play the voicemail. We're just going to kind of sum up. She works in the tax field. I believe she has a degree in accounting or something related, now works in in, in preparing tax returns. Mm-hmm. And she went through a lot of technical details. Chrissy went through a lot of technical details about how 26, about marginal tax rates and effective tax rates and that she believes he, he pays more than what they're saying. And actually, that is not an uncommon amount. And... Uh, I'm, look, if you want to hear what the arguments that we made, you can listen to them on episode 505. Um, 
my issue was, and also the charity she briefly addressed that a lot of people don't claim the charity on their taxes, and I don't buy I don't buy that so much. But anyway, so there is another element to this argument out there that he is paying enough, even though he's paying less of an effective tax rate now because of Donald Trump's tax returns, and even I was sent several times a link to uh, an argument that Anna Kasparian from the Young Turks made, mm-hmm. her and the, I think his name is John something or other, they were talking about it, totally ignored the underwhelming amount donated to charity, which also was Beto, Beto got uh, t- trapped into this, this this week and said, well, we don't give a lot to charity. What I'm giving is my... My public service. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you from on high, gracing us with your public service. Ugh, fucking gross. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. Um, we also got another voicemail that was within the three-minute limit, and it is something that uh, I, I didn't know people didn't know. Hi, Rich and Jesse. This is John in California, and I want to comment on the tax uh, people. Uh, I don't think I've really heard anybody ever say that millionaires and billionaires should give up what they have. I believe what everybody has said is that the tax rates should be proportional to the amount of income that you have and should be benefiting the system and everybody else as a whole more because that's what social programs are for. Uh, I don't think anybody's been told, oh, well, you make $2 million, so you instantly have to give up a percentage of that. But I don't think I've heard anybody say, hear that or say that at all. So um, just the way your conversation was phrased on the show, that it sounded like you were saying the opposite of what I believe everybody has said so far. Love the show. So it's strange to hear someone say that they haven't heard this argument. In February, there was a column published in the New York Times titled Abolish Billionaires. Yeah. And they describe how it's a radical idea, but it's gaining supporters on the left. You hear people like AOC making a moral case against their being billionaires, against the existence of billionaires. Um, So a lot of people that support this, right, that say that billionaires shouldn't exist, they are making it a moral argument yeah listen i i hear and you know i don't have like a super liberal network of people who are like physically around me but i've had long discussions about that there should be a maximum wage for ceos imposed by the government and i i don't know how that would be done i don't don't even believe it should be done but it is a very common trope among more leftist types that that not only should billionaires not exist, but, but but they explain some kind of a structure in which there's no way for a billionaire to exist under a system created by whatever they dream up. I don't I don't know how that would work. Um, so it, it is a common thing, and as far as the taxation is concerned, um, I think Je- I think I think it was Jeff that voicemail wasn't very great, but the content was great, Jeff. <laughs> If that's your name, the quality of the audio wasn't great. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you are explaining what taxation is. That if you're a billionaire, if you're a millionaire or a billionaire, whatever, 
that you have to give up some of that. Well, you do, that's if you're a, a 60,000 heir, you have to give up some of that. That's what taxation is. It's just if you're a millionaire under a progressive, um, well, under a progressive tax, you'd actually, uh, a marginal tax, you, you would give up on your 10 millionth and $1 on that first dollar after 10 million under like an AOC plan, then you'd start giving up 70% anything above $10 million a year. I, I, listen, this is this is going to be a topic going into 20, uh, 2020. I'm going to have to really get brushed up because I'm not an economist, as I've said, you know, a million fucking times. I want to read the end of this uh, abolish billionaires column because it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, he ends it saying, quote, but if we tolerate the supposedly good billionaires in politics, we inevitably leave open the door for the bad ones and the bad ones will overrun us. When American capitalism sends us its billionaires, it's not sending its best. <laughs> it's sending us people who have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with them. They're bringing inequality. They're bringing injustice. They're buying politicians. And some, I assume, are good people. That is clever. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't done that at the end of a video yet. Mm -hmm. Very good. That's by Farhad Manju. So anyway, Jeff and, and Chrissy, listen, we appreciate the, the feedback. Chrissy, especially the technical stuff. I'm going to have to look into some of that stuff and, like I said, educate myself. But look, I still contend that when the argument is, well, he paid what was required of him. That's not good enough when you're Bernie Sanders. And I'm a little bit alarmed, to, not surprised, but, you know, um, that there is kind of a cult-like following around Bernie that he can do no wrong. It's okay for the guy that you support for president to say, yeah, fuck, maybe he should have paid more. Yeah, maybe he should have given more to charity. That's not a disqualifier in my eyes, is what you should say. But yeah, he should have done better. Because there is no perfect figure in politics. It's okay to admit a flaw in the person you're supporting. Right now, I'm kind of leaning toward uh, Elizabeth Warren. And I'm not like on fire for Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. She's got actual policies that you can go read that she can explain in detail mm -hmm. on the fly. Mm -hmm. That's someone I want. That's someone with the skill set and the acumen that I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. However, having said that, it bums me out the way she handled this whole Cherokee Indian thing. I think it was a fucking bummer. I think it was disrespectful to actual indigenous peoples here in the United States. It just was. It fucking was. Is it disqualifying? No. Is she likely top tier for me as far as the candidates in 2020? Yes. But those two things can exist at the same time. So I would just encourage everybody, if you're a Bernie person especially, because there is this culty, weird thing that happens, is be, be open to Bernie's missteps. Be open to admitting that there were missteps. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I don't see that you're much different or better than the MAGA crowd. I mean, your candidate is better. And your, your 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 morals are better surrounding following your guy. However, it's not good to be blindly following someone. Well, and no one should be deified, right? Absolutely, no one should be held up to a point where it, they are immune from criticism, right? Where we believe them to be perfect. 
uh, we're all flawed. And it's important that we don't delude ourselves yeah. and that we recognize those flaws and that we are open to discussing them. And I, I think it's very, very important because when you lose that, it's it's not good. And we're seeing what happens yeah. when that happens. All right. I think we've got uh, at least an email. We do. Uh, Cyborg RBG wrote in. Oh, good. Cyborg RBG. Yes. Uh, you remember that was the new Patreon you're supporter. You're, yeah, new Patreon for sure. You're going to read it in a robot voice, I hope. I am not. Yeah. This is Cyborg Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> that was really good, Brittany. That was really good, Jesse D. <laughs> Cyborg RBG here, emailing to share an anecdote. Emailing to share an anecdote. I work next to the highway and hear sirens Apparently, daily. Apparently, Cyborg RBG is a 50s robot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm completely non-religious, but still catch myself hoping in my head and out loud that they make it to the hospital okay. Oh, talking about the the conversation we had about you hoping people make it to the, the you know, like a little, almost like a little prayer to yourself mm-hmm. when, when an ambulance passes. Yeah. And being shit on by my friends. You're <laughs> not alone, Brittany. Love the show and glad to be a new supporter. Brittany is the best part with a heart. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Well, thank you, Cyborg RBG. I'm happy to know that I'm not alone. It makes me feel very good inside. After all the the, the being shit upon. Yes, yeah. exactly. By my friends. <laughs> Unacceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is awesome. Thank you all for contributing to the show, getting your opinions on the board. Uh, I apologize about skipping some things. You know, it's just, it's the nature of uh, what we do mm-hmm. and the time constraints that follow. Indeed. All right. Well, let's let's move on. Before we do, though, I, I do want to drop the phone number, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Real easy. You just voice memo from your smartphone and email that sucker. Mm-hmm. Like Brittany said last time, Really, the the phone number, 657-464-7609, should be programmed into your phone like we're one of your friends or, or your family. Just right in there. Mm-hmm. Have the email ready to go, and then you something happens during your day, boom. Yep. Fire off an email. Easy as that. You hear something on the show, boom. Call in, fire off a voicemail. Boom. Boom. Wow. Boom. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We have three new Patreon supporters. Mm, very nice. Chrissy. Chrissy. Jack. Jack. And Anthony. Anthony. Thank you very much for your beautiful support of the so show. So great. You are the ones who keep us going. It's true. Yes, for sure. It for sure is true. Mm-hmm. Because, listen, when you first start doing a podcast, I'll just pull back the curtain a little bit, let you guys gaze in. Don't worry, I'm clothed. When you first start doing a podcast, really, you're just doing it because it's it's a hobbyish kind of thing. You don't continue doing it for years and years because it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Patreon is is it? You know, support of the show allow us to 
to really dedicate full-time operation to it. So so we, we love you guys. We appreciate all of the support, whether it be buying stuff on Amazon through dollamore.com slash Amazon, through Patreon, buying the the shirts and stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to think of new ideas. I, what I need to do is have one of our artistic uh, listeners maybe submit a design and then get a percentage of the sales or something. I don't know, because mm-hmm. I'm a dummy. Yeah. Dollamore.info for, mm-hmm. the, for the store. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Um, it is uh, a beautiful thing. All right. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So the redacted, the Bill Barr redacted version of the Mueller report has dropped. I have read much, not all 448 or 49 pages, but much of it. I actually did a video on the YouTubes where I read a couple thousand words from it Mm -hmm. of the instances where Donald Trump is believed to have possibly... I, I really, a case for obstruction of justice was fucking laid out. Yeah, uh, almost a dozen instances. Yeah. And it was nice of you to actually read it to people because I saw some comments on that that really appreciated it because a lot of people don't have time to actually go and read through all of these things. So they were able to kind of play your video and just listen to you read the report to them. Yeah, I, I mean, that is there for you as a resource. If you want to hear mm-hmm. um, my dumb voice reading the Mueller report, those that particular section... Uh, I think it would be helpful to understand exactly what was documented relative to Donald Trump's uh, trying to shut down the investigation, the multiple attempts, all of the people who weren't comfortable doing it. And of course, Donald Trump wasn't even comfortable doing it himself because mm-hmm. he's a fucking coward. So he dispatches underlings to do it for him who just couldn't bring themselves to do it. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, when the Mueller report was released, before it was released, Attorney General Bill Barr gave a press conference. I I think it was like two hours before the actual report was released. And he basically went out there and uh, provided a vigorous defense of Donald Trump. It was so shocking to watch because that is not the role of the attorney general of That's the United right. States. Yeah, he was acting as though he was personal counsel to Donald Trump, like Rudy Giuliani. It's something you would have expected from Rudy Giuliani or Jay Sekulow. Right. I mean, the, the attorney general is not supposed to go out there and be a personal advocate on behalf of the president of the United States and, and issue these That's right. defenses. He of represents him. The, the government of the United He represents the United States, not Donald Trump. And even people like Joe Walsh, that maniac right-wing goofball on Twitter, even he was tweeting, like, no matter your political affiliation, you should be horrified by the way that the attorney general just behaved because it was so absurd uh, that even Joe Walsh recognized that it was crazy. The guy who said if Hillary Clinton wins, we should all pick up our muskets. Mm, Yeah. Talking about fucking going to battle, going to war. Mm -hmm. That's like kind of a dated reference, is it not? The muskets? Yeah, yeah, unless he's going like, you know, hunting for mule deer or Uh something. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So after that happened, then the report was finally released and the media 
did the tough work of reading through it all and trying to digest it and then uh, deliver the goods to the people. And we have a clip here from Shep Smith kind of summarizing, uh, going through what the people actually need to know from the report. And we wanted, there are, every network has one of these videos, but I wanted to play the one from Fox News. I, I didn't know about it until Brittany brought it to my attention. One, we love us some Shep Smith. Yes. Fucking 100%. Uh, 100%, Brittany. Thank, mm. thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> um, but also, this is, I, I wanted to play so you guys know, because I'm assuming we don't have a bunch of uh, a bunch of Fox News, a bunch of Fox News listeners in the audience. And I, I wanted you guys to, to know what the Fox News viewers were hearing from really the only full-blown newsman at the network. Good afternoon from New York. I'm Shepard Smith. The bottom line on today's document, according to the document, not the attorney general, is this. Robert Mueller reports he could not exonerate President Trump. And under department policy, he could not prosecute President Trump. So the special counsel laid out all the evidence and all the facts. And now it's up to Congress to decide what happens next. Setting aside the statements of the attorney general, here are some of the major takeaways from the 448-page Mueller report. First, Russia did interfere with the 2016 election. That was no hoax. The investigation found no evidence that any member of President Trump's campaign team colluded with the Russians. The Trump campaign did attempt to get rival Hillary Clinton's private emails, but investigators found no evidence of a crime committed. Though there was not evidence of collusion between the Trump campaign and Moscow, the report concludes the campaign expected to benefit from the stolen information that the Russians released. Robert Mueller's report does not clear President Trump of obstruction of justice. In fact, the special counsel wrote that if he could clear the president of obstruction of justice, he would, but that he could not. Instead, he states his office does not have evidence needed to file charges. In many cases, the report shows that the president attempted to interfere with the investigation. In other instances, it indicates the president told associates to interfere with the investigation, but the associates refused. Investigators looked at 10 specific instances to determine whether they met the standards of obstruction. And here they are. The first involved the FBI Director Comey and National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. In January of 2017, President Trump fired Flynn after he lied to the vice president and to the FBI about his contact with Russia. The president told an advisor, now that we fired Flynn, the Russia thing is over. That month, the president also told James Comey that he needed loyalty. Of course, he later fired Comey. The second instance, the president's reaction to the Russia investigation, specifically his reaction when the attorney general, Jeff Sessions, recused himself. The report reveals that the president later saw Sessions at an event and urged him to, quote, unrecuse. Number three, the president's termination of the FBI director, James Comey. That came days after Comey declined to answer questions about whether the president himself was personally under investigation. Robert Mueller reports the president told the Russians that firing Comey had taken off pressure over Russia. Number four. The appointment of a special counsel and efforts to remove him. The report notes that President Trump called the White House lawyer Don McGahn and ordered him to tell the acting attorney general 
that the special counsel had conflicts of interest and must be removed. McGahn refused and said he decided that he would resign instead. An attempt by the president to interfere. Number five, efforts to curtail the special counsel's investigation. In June of 2017, the president told the former campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, to deliver a message to Jeff Sessions, telling him to publicly announce that the Russia investigation was very unfair to the president. Lewandowski was uncomfortable with that order, he said, and passed the task to another senior official who was also uncomfortable with the order and never followed through. An attempt by the president to interfere. Number six, efforts to prevent public disclosure of evidence. In the summer of 2017, the president rejected a plan to tell the public that his campaign had met with a Russian lawyer who claimed to have dirt on Hillary Clinton. Instead, the president dictated a statement for the public, saying that the meeting was instead about adoption. The president's personal lawyer repeatedly denied that Trump played any role in that statement. However, he wrote it. Number seven, further efforts to have the attorney general take control of the investigation. The president again asked Jeff Sessions to reverse his recusal from the investigation, which Sessions would not do. Number eight, efforts to have White House lawyer Don McGahn deny that the president had ordered him to have the special counsel removed. It was early in 2018 when reports began to circulate that President Trump ordered Don McGahn to remove the special counsel. Now we know that was true. The president did order Don McGahn to remove the special counsel. Further, the president personally ordered McGahn to lie about it and say that the reports were inaccurate. McGahn refused. Number nine, conduct toward Michael Flynn and former campaign chairman Paul Manafort, both of whom were found guilty. The president's lawyers asked Flynn for a heads up if Flynn knew of any information that implicates the president. And the president repeatedly praised Paul Manafort when he did not testify against the president and called him a brave man. Finally, number 10, conduct involving his personal attorney and fixer, Michael Cohen. President Trump's praise for Cohen changed when he started cooperating with investigators, even calling his former lawyer a rat. But after considering all of those instances, the special counsel's team reports it could not determine for sure whether the president obstructed justice. That's left for Congress to either pursue or not. So that outlines very well in less granular detail than I do in the video because I'm reading directly from the report. Um, that goes over how Donald Trump, I believe, I think that outlines a case for obstruction of justice. Still, the special counsel, Robert Mueller, did say that they could not find direct conspiracy. That certainly Donald Trump wanted assistance from the Russians. He did get assistance from the Russians, but there was no like tacit agreement between them come to to how that would work. Mm -hmm. Therefore, kind of negating, I guess, um, in any kind of a prosecution, there are el what are called elements of the crime. And all of the elements have to be met mm -hmm. in order for it to be considered a crime. Mm -hmm. All of them, not like four out of five or, you know, 75%. It's all of them. Right. And, and that must be one of the elements of conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't met, therefore not a crime. Yeah. And so because the, the term collusion isn't useful... 
because uh, it's not a legal term that there's nothing that Mueller could do with that term. Yeah. Uh, they were focusing on the conspiracy That's part right. of it. Yeah. So a lot of people have been like, well, what the hell? How? Why isn't this collusion? Right. Well, read the report. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so also, you heard all of those instances of these attempts by Donald Trump. And so when it comes to the obstruction of justice question, Mueller didn't take a position because you can't prosecute the president of the United States. And so basically his position was, I can't uh, bring him up on charges for this because he can't be in a courtroom to defend himself. Right. Ultimately, he says, look, I'm an employee of the Justice Department. I'm just a lawyer within the Justice Department, Mm -hmm. and I have to follow by law, by statute, Mm -hmm. the special counsel statute. I have to follow the policies of the Office of Legal Counsel, Mm -hmm. which states, I'll read it. It states the indictment or criminal prosecution of a sitting president would impermissibly undermine the capacity of the executive branch to perform its constitutionally assigned functions in violation of the constitutional separation of powers. Yeah. And so essentially, the deal is, is he had repeated attempts to obstruct. Yeah. But they were unsuccessful because no one would do what he was asking him to do. I mean, even Corey Lewandowski yeah, is greasy, like, greasy, slimy Corey Lewandowski. Is like, I'm not going to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's it remarkable. It's it, remarkable. It does say something that even Corey Lewandowski is like, nah, bro. Yeah. And so Mueller laid out this case and is basically like, listen, here, here is all of this. So if you want to go after him once he's not president there you go um also congress this is a question for congress right if congress wants to do something about this then fine so ultimately what they're saying is i mean this is what i'm taking away from it anyone else would have been convicted of obstruction of justice based on those 10 11 or 12 things anyone else but because he's president of the united states he gets to escape the arm of justice he's looked upon differently So it's not equal justice. It's if you're president, you can do what the fuck you want. I said in the video, I didn't use the the thing I wanted to use because I was worried about demonetization. But if he killed his family in the White House and there was footage of it, it's just fucking dead to rights. He killed them. What What the Justice Department is saying is he cannot be prosecuted for serial murder because he's president of the United States. Which goes, which should remind people, right? Those people who thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump because I want to shake it up, right? Yeah. Okay. Will you knock it off and quit acting like a child with your, oh, I'm an anarchist? You know, like, who cares? Can you grow up? Um, I, 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 we really need to evaluate the people that we put in this position. Number one, the rule's dumb. Right. That that should not be a rule. <laughs> Whoever's Absolutely. president should be able to be in trouble just like everybody else because they can commit crimes just like anybody else. Right. Um, but given that that is the rule that people are following, we should be very careful with who we reward with power in our society. Yeah. Because this is what they can get away with. Yeah, you understand? Absolutely. So this isn't a game. This isn't a, oh, we're going to shake things up and put a wild card in the office. You know, <laughs> grow up. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. please grow up. 
Um, so I want to read something related to the Don McGahn part of this, which is fascinating, right? The <laughs> it really is a window into Donald Trump's fucking dumb guy brain. Yeah. So in the report, they go into detail about all of these instances of possible obstruction. There are many hundreds of footnotes. Right. And in so Don McGahn was asked. Don McGahn was White House counsel. And at one point, like you heard Shep Smith say, Donald Trump asked Don McGahn to say that Robert Mueller has too many conflicts of interest and to fire him. Yeah. Which McGahn said, fuck you. I'm not doing that. He actually said, I'm going to quit before I do that. Right. It seems to me Don McGahn has um, more fortitude morally than anybody in that White House. Mm -hmm. We still work for Donald Trump, but you know. Right. So the president, this is from the Mueller report, quote, the president also asked McGahn in the meeting why he had told special counsel's office investigators that the president had told him to have the special counsel removed. (laughs) Hey, why'd you tell the truth, bro? Yeah, just imagine this conversation happening. How remarkable this is that the president of the United States is talking to the White House counsel and saying, why did you tell the special counsel investigators what I actually said to you. Yeah. Like, well, why are you ratting on me? Well, here, here's the deal. For those of you who don't know, the White House counsel is counsel for the presidency, not counsel for Donald Trump. They're supposed to represent and protect the presidency, not Donald, not individual. Yeah. So continuing to read from the report, McGahn responded that he had to and that his conversations with the president were not protected by attorney client privilege. The president then asked, what about these notes? Why do you take notes? Lawyers don't take notes. I never had a lawyer who took notes, (laughs) which I, for one, cannot picture Donald Trump saying. Am I right? Wow. How out of character. Wow, What a revelation. Every (laughs) single time he's quoted in here, it's like... You can just hear him saying this. You can hear him saying these dumb things. Um, Continuing from the report, McGahn responded that he keeps notes because he is, quote, a real lawyer (laughs) and explained that notes create a record and are not a bad thing. The president said, quote, I've had a lot of great lawyers like Roy Cohn, and he didn't take notes. Right. Roy Cohn was a fucking hitman is what he was. He wasn't a lawyer. I mean, he was a he was a lawyer. But he wasn't some credible thing. He was the guy who who, who worked for uh, Joe McCarthy. Ugh, goddamn, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that was an interesting exchange from the Mueller report. And, oh. uh, and altogether unsurprising one. Exactly. So there were some other things um, that, that came up. Uh, for instance, there was this instance where Sarah Huckabee was busted for lying. She came before the special counsel and they specifically asked her about this moment in a press briefing. Uh, Sarah, you said from the podium yesterday that Director Comey had lost the confidence of the rank and file of the FBI. On Capitol Hill today, the acting director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, directly contradicted that. What led you in the White House to believe that uh, he had lost the confidence of the rank and file of the FBI? When the acting director says it's exactly the opposite. Well, I can speak to my own personal experience. I've heard from countless uh, members of the FBI that are grateful and thankful for the president's decision. And I think that, um, you know, we may have to agree to disagree. I'm sure that there are some people that are disappointed, but I've certainly heard from uh, a large number of individuals, and that's just myself, and I don't even know that many people in the FBI. Just to follow up on the, on the FBI thing, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to be overly combative here, but you said now today, and I think you said again yesterday, 
that you personally have talked to countless FBI officials, employees, since this happened. Correct. I mean, really? Like, I mean, I, I, I mean, really? I mean, so are we talking between like email, like, text messages? Like absolutely. 50, yes. 60, 70. I, I mean, like, gonna, look, we're not going to get into a numbers game. I, I mean, I have heard from a large number of individuals that work at the FBI that said that they're very happy with the president's decision. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else I can say. So, again, all of that was lies. She heard from countless members of the FBI. Clearly, countless is hyperbole because you could count them. But he presses her. She says large numbers of individuals. He presses her. 50? She says absolutely 50. Well, this drew the attention of the special counsel's investigation. So when they called her in, presumably, well, actually, it wouldn't be presumably before the grand jury because that would be privileged under 6E, the rules of evidence for for a grand jury, the secrecy requirements of a grand jury. Jesse D breaking out the grand jury knowledge. I hear about 6E. Because he is on a grand jury, folks. I hear about 6E all the fucking time when they do what are called documents. A Southern California grand jury. (laughs) So anyway... um, this would have been just investigators. I don't know whether she'd be under oath during this, but it is a federal crime to lie, which is what it's called a 1001 offense. Again, mm. um, Brittany's so, going to read here from the from the Mueller report. Yeah. So it's going to be concerning this incident. And also, let me say this before you read this. It's going to be a little repetitive, but I'm going to read the whole section. Right. She has said, remember that one time when she took to the podium? And they questioned her about lying. She goes, I get up here and I do my best every single day to tell the truth. And I am I am appalled. I am offended that mm. you would suggest that I'm lying. She got up and, and gave this fucking over-the-top emotional speech about how she's such a truth teller. And she owes it to the American people to tell the truth. And it is her job. And how dare you, sir? How dare you question my integrity and suggest I would lie from the fucking podium? Mm-hmm. Continue, Brittany. Yeah, so, like I said, it's going to be a little repetitive. Fine. From, from the report, in the afternoon of May 10th, 2017, Deputy Press Secretary Sarah Sanders spoke to the president about his decision to fire Comey and then spoke to reporters in a televised press conference. Sanders told reporters that the president, the Department of Justice, and bipartisan members of Congress had lost confidence in Comey. Quote, and most importantly, the rank and file of the FBI had lost confidence in their director. Accordingly, the president accepted the recommendation of his deputy attorney general to remove James Comey from his position. End quote. In response to questions from reporters, Sanders said that Rosenstein decided on his own to review Comey's performance and that Rosenstein decided on his own to come to the president on Monday, May 8th, to express his concerns about Comey. When a reporter indicated that the, quote, vast majority of FBI agents supported Comey, Sanders said, look, this is a quote, we've heard from countless members of the FBI that say very different things, end quote. Following the press conference, Sanders spoke to the president who told her she did a good job and did not point out any inaccuracies in her comments. Sanders told this office referring to the office of the special counsel. This would be the interview under which, under penalty of felony, if she lied to investigators. That her reference to hearing from countless members of the FBI was a, quote, slip of the tongue. She also recalled that her statement in a separate press interview that rank-and-file FBI agents had lost confidence in Comey was a comment she made, quote, in the heat of the moment that was not founded on anything. That was not 
founded on anything. That is a bald face lie coming from someone who is the spokesperson for Donald Trump. Who is also the most combative, difficult person. Smug. Right. And she's just lying. And we, we, we've always known that she was lying. And now it's out there that she's lying. And you should have seen. Oh, my God. Sean Hannity had her on. Of course she went to Fox. The day that the Mueller report was released. And he opened the interview by saying, and now you're being attacked today too. But he didn't explain why. Yeah. He's not reading this. He's not showing the footage from her lying her face off. How disappointing, right? Yeah. I mean, think of what a disservice people like Sean Hannity are doing for their viewers. Not giving them the information. Not just to their viewers, to the country in general. Yeah, and propping up people like Sarah Sanders. He, here's here's my my thing on this. And it really is kind of, uh, I don't want to say heartwarming, but it, it bolsters, it buoys my spirits that all of the coverage that we've, that we've been encountering over the course of the past two years that is that is reviled by Donald Trump and these uh, who Rick Wilson refers to as the click conservative commentariat. Very funny. Um, fake news, fake news, uh, lying New York Times, failing New York Times, fucking all this bullshit. All of their reporting was confirmed by the Mueller report. So the only fake news and scurrilous lies were coming from Donald Trump and conservative commentators all across the country. The Mueller report backed that up. That the press is doing a stand-up job of getting the information needed. And it's Donald Trump who's trying to skew public opinion by lying, lying, lying. Now the other thing that I want to get to as I try to push this table over is... um, the response from back in the day when Clinton, all of these people who are just totally okay with Donald Trump and his actions, his immoral actions, his un-American behaviors. Chuck Grassley, for instance, the former chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Lindsey Graham, the current chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader. These are all very brief clips taken from when Clinton was going through his justifiable impeachment. Clinton should have been removed from office. He lied to a federal grand jury. He was a liar. He lied while under oath. He lied while in office, one of these individuals says. Listen to these. I'm smart enough to know that the president has done wrong, uh, and I want the people to know that, and I want history to know that, that we don't want a president lying in office, uh, that we don't want obstruction of justice. Apparently, lying while in office or obstruction of justice, not really a concern for old Chuck Grassley anymore. Mm -hmm. Here's Mitch McConnell. What we are saying, I would think, is that anytime somebody lies under oath before a grand jury, yeah or obstructs justice, that is a serious matter. Hmm. Doesn't seem to be a serious matter for Mitch McConnell anymore. Mm-hmm. And of course, Lindsey Graham, who then was the chief prosecutor during the impeachment of Bill Clinton, 
See, the House votes to impeach, and then they send over a legal team that are the prosecutors, and they present their case before the Senate, who is the jury. And then they, the Senate decides, based on the, 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 the prosecution, whether or not they're going to vote to remove, actually remove. That's the impeachment process. Here is Lindsey Graham, who was the chief prosecutor during that impeachment, who is now the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, talking about Bill Clinton, about the President of the United States. He doesn't have to say, go lie for me to be a crime. You don't have to say, let's obstruct justice for, be, uh, for it to be a crime. You judge people on their conduct, not magic phrases. So all of those dozen or so things that were outlined, him trying to stop the investigation over and over and over, in the report it says where he says, oh my God, this is the end of my presidency. I'm fucked. Donald Trump is quoted as saying in the Mueller report when he found out the investigation had been started. That lets you know there's serious stuff in there. And it might not have been the, the, the collusion or the conspiracy aspect of it, but more likely the financial stuff and knowing that they were going to be digging in. His conduct. That's what matters. You don't have to say, let's have a conspiracy. Let's go obstruct justice. Your actions show what your intent was. And his intent was clearly to obstruct justice. Something else I want to note from the report is that the Trump campaign had advanced knowledge of WikiLeaks releases. Yes. And I mean, this is something that I think we knew. Uh, I think we all assumed it because of the, all the things that Roger Stone has said. And what's notable about this is they knew and you still had Donald Trump on stage th during the debates trying to talk about the 400 man, 400 pound man in the basement. Right, right. And who knows what it could be or who could be or what's going on. And Nobody they knows. Knew. They knew. Yeah. And he was lying. Yeah. He was lying to everyone's face. D does does no one care about this? I mean, this is scary. So if if we have the facts now, you can read them. You can go and read the report and right. you can learn all of this information, which had mostly already been reported accurately in the media. Um, and you decide not to believe it and you retweet Donald Trump's tweets and, and you believe everything that Donald Trump is saying. Where does that leave us? Yeah. How are we supposed to get through to anybody? That, that that's taking that route i mean where are we left <laughs> I, I don't know that, that's a terrible position for us to be in because facts don't matter yeah nothing matters well, well that's the weird thing about this entire thing that's the weird thing about the thing brenny mm. is <laughs> is this com this report completely exonerates donald trump but it's written by 18 conflicted democrats fuck this report which is it guys does it completely exonerate Donald Trump or is it a report that wasted $30 million written by all these assholes who are trying to take down the country? You can't have it both. You cannot have it both ways. You just can't. Well, and even eight hours ago, he's still tweeting and calling Bob Mueller highly conflicted. Right. But then saying the end result of this 18 angry Democrats, the Trump haters and the highly conflicted Bob Mueller is no collusion, no obstruction. So <laughs> right, right. What, no, really. I mean, in the same tweet, eight hours ago, he's doing this. So is the report shit and shouldn't be trusted? Because if that's the case, then it doesn't exonerate you. It doesn't. Yeah, he's so highly conflicted. Right. And they're so angry, these Democrats. <laughs> it's just fucking cherry picking. And here's, you know, here's the deal. 
you're talking about people who are just they're not going to believe the truth. And these are those 12 people, those that 12% type who doesn't know who Mike Pence is to bring it full circle. You know, they had they have now they have Chuck Grassley's and, and Mitch McConnell's and Lindsey Graham's who 20 years ago had a completely different opinion about this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But now or, you know, oh, no, they're taking it up for Donald Trump. So it's not just the political types, though, this is my point. It's also this with this really new. I mean, it was around 20 years ago, 25 years ago, but it wasn't quite as honed as it is today. And I'm talking about Fox News. Because not only do you have political leaders, you also have these these political commentary types like Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity and Greg Gutfeld and the entire Fox machine right. that is also contributing to the dumbing down of America, the buying of the lies. Listen to this from now this. I think they got a Facebook page. They put together maybe the most damning set of hypocritical statements that apply to they applied then to Obama but if you just flip the script and if they were talking about Donald Trump you'd be like yeah fuck this makes a lot of sense yeah so it's important to note while you are listening to this this is the Fox machine going hard against Obama what is wrong with this president how dumb is he the purpose of a journalist is to hold people in power accountable. Now, we're going to vet the president. We're going to talk about his vacation, his golfing. Two golf outings for the president cost $2.9 million. That alone is amazing. Should a president, the leader of the free world, be on a social network tweeting? No. He's, he's kind of a celebrity president. He's kind of like Ryan Seacrest. This is a president who does not really know what he wants to do. He simply wants to be popular with everybody, every audience before which he stands. The president seems almost obsessed with cable TV, or am I wrong? This is a president who rules by executive authority, um, uh, executive action. When he's not doing executive actions, he's out on the golf course. The president heads to Florida for a boys weekend of golf. Yes, this president is the beneficiary of the vision and the action of his predecessor. The rule used to be a sitting president doesn't criticize his predecessor, especially by name. Has no, any no. President, president in your lifetime no. taken on this kind of tone, this kind of harshness, either towards his predecessor or towards a single media outlet? I have never seen this before. It, without the teleprompter, uh, the president doesn't know exactly what to do correctly. The president's budget that he gave today, all right, doesn't cut any deficit it increases the debt. For the man who said we have to get our deficit under control, he's not doing it. He's, maybe he's, it's like, it's like golf, Mr. President. You play a lot of that. He's certainly not acting like the most transparent president in history, is he, Juan? What's in those records that you don't want us to know about? Once again, he's, he's pandering to the worst regimes and thugs and dictators. This is a president that is, is acting like a dictator. This is a president who's, who is ignoring the rule of law and siding with, with lawbreakers. This is a president now who's demonstrated that he will lie to push through a program. And once the president tweets it, then it becomes canon. Oh, that's a fact. The president says it's a fact. He's in love with campaigning. He's going to fundraisers tonight. He achieved that significant accomplishment earlier today while vacationing in Florida on your dime. This president and the people around him are convinced that God has anointed him to fix everything in one fell swoop. That's not how American politics work. That's not how life works. This is a president who has become known, I think, to the public as a blamer. He never makes any concessions. He always treats his opponents as though they're enemies. We have a president who can never admit he's wrong. He's so insecure and vain at the same time. 
He doesn't realize that the president has that power to set a tone and other people follow it. What he's really trying to do uh, is to divide the country and to get his people to turn out to vote. He simply doesn't like being mocked. Maybe he's a little thin-skinned. I've been saying, Mr. President, put your pants on. Sit at the table, man up. Skip the trash talk. It only diminishes the office of the president. If you want to work with somebody, you don't call them names. This is a very quick and easy, wow. cheap way to score political points. But it's a terrible, corrosive way for a president of the United States to govern Kelly, the country. Why don't you talk in an aspirational way to people and be more positive and more uplifting? Mr. President, you need to stop acting like a schoolyard bully and start acting like the leader of the free world. Mr. President, everyone is laughing at us. You're like a schoolyard bully. No one's afraid of you. Putin sure as hell isn't. With all due respect, Mr. President, maybe it is time you stop looking at a TV tuned to Fox and looked in a mirror tuned to, I don't know, you. Thank you very much. And thank you, Mr. President, for watching tonight. Now, the glaring double standard that exists here is nothing short of incredible. Isn't that right? Um, <laughs> I hadn't listened to the whole thing. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I can't really find the words to describe how I feel about all that. But let me just I was typing a list out of kind of the highlights of, of what they were oh, um, good. criticizing so Obama too. for. So golfing. Right. Increasing the deficit. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's in his records that he doesn't want us to know about? Yeah. The tweets. Being he's, a bully. He's in love with campaigning, vacationing in Florida. Wants to be a celebrity. <clears throat> God has anointed him to fix everything. Never admits he's wrong. So insecure and vain at the same time. Skip the trash talk, Mr. President. Loves cable TV. So come on now, guys. Come on. And you heard all yeah. the familiar voices. They're all still there, except Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> um, <laughs> you heard Kellyanne Conway. here, Janine Pirro. Right. Sean Hannity. Yeah. Tucker. Uh, Laura Ingram, who then wasn't a host, now is. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Some of them were have been promoted since all of this happened. That's right. Some of them... Uh, are actually in the administration now, but, who are just Fox News commentators. There. Yeah, but think of this. So I'm wondering what the reaction would be. And I'm sure our listeners are freaking out about this, just like we were when we first listened to it. I'm wondering what the reaction would be if you sat down your relative, your relatives that have been indoctrinated into the Fox News cult. If you sat them down and you showed them this and you said, Look at look at how they talked about President Obama. Yeah. Look at all of these things that they're saying about President Obama. Now let's juxtapose that against how all of these things actually fit perfectly in it, describing Donald Trump's behavior. They line up one to one exactly. It's not like oh well that was different. It's not fucking. It's the exact same thing. Even golfing, vacations, cable news, insecurity, bullying. Even when it comes to the deficit, which is on oh, path yeah. to be one trillion dollars, right? But no one gives a shit about that anymore. Right. Um. What would they say? What would be the response to the video and audio recording of the coverage of President Obama that you do not see them doing about President Trump when all of these things fit perfectly to describe him? Yeah. What would they say? What would the explanation be? I don't know. I'm not in connection with with the Trump dick face family, so uh, it would be hard. I mean, I, I really would like to know. If you're out there and you've got family, this is great, Brittany. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, send this video to them. Yeah, no, I want video of them watching the video, and then I want to watch what happens. I want to see what the reaction is. I that would be awesome if we could get someone to do that. Yeah, I I mean this it it's just so it's so troubling and. Really, so in the past, right, if you listen to our older episodes, there were moments where I would get frustrated when people would talk about Fox News as like this very negative thing at overall. Because I was always like, well, Shepard Smith is there and, you know, you can't characterize it in this way as though it's all negative. You have some serious news people there like Chris Wallace and yeah. Shepard Smith, and they do have reporters that actually do reporting, right? But by and large, this channel is trash and they are brainwashing people they are failing to give people the actual information that they need to be informed voters to be informed people who can participate meaningfully in this society and, well there's actually been especially lately a lot of coverage from great journalists at like the atlantic or maybe the new york new yorker not New York, New Yorker, I stumbled. Maybe, maybe New York <laughs> Magazine, I don't know, but there's been a couple pieces that outline both the trajectory of Fox News and also kind of the symbiosis, like where there is no place where the administration begins and Fox News ends, you know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's all kind of their... In fact, the other day, Donald Trump tweeted about Fox News and in the tweet while talking about Fox News said, and now we have Donner Brazil. We. He referred to Fox News and himself as we. Mm -hmm. That is troubling, and it should be troubling to every single American who prizes the truth, who prizes something other than propaganda. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's alarming, um, but I, I'm thankful that they made this video. Because it's very important. Yeah, it's one of the most important things I've ever watched. <laughs> thanks, thanks to now this for that. I do yeah. believe they have a Facebook page. They're probably on Twitter. Go follow them. Yeah. Because really, that took a lot of work because those are clips Absolutely. spanning years. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of shit that I wish I had time to do because that's transformative. That, yeah. That, is, that paints a picture. It's hard to pick all of the different narratives that you hear because it all just kind of gets jumbled up. When all condensed into one thing, it really shows you the the damaging toxic narrative mm -hmm. that they are now well, it was toxic then it was just in the wrong way yeah look there's lots to criticize obama about sure but golf vacations mm -hmm. was obama a fucking bully was obama obsessed with cable tv i mean get the fuck out of here that is nonsense anyway we're gonna leave you there we'd love to know what you think we if there's a question you have or if there's something we didn't address that you want addressed, we'd love to get to that. Uh, this is certainly not over. I mean, obviously, Congress is probably likely not to do anything. Nancy Pelosi is still holding to her guns that obstruction of justice, nah, but it's not important enough to do the right thing about. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I know how I feel about it. I don't like it. I want to read a final tweet that I just read while I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying. We will end on that. Um, it's from at JW Verrett. All right. Do you know this person? I don't think so. Okay. Um, he says, finished a second read. Is this to me? No. Oh, okay. Finished a second read through the Mueller report. I don't say this lightly. As a lifelong Republican, former Republican Hill staffer, and someone who has worked on every Republican campaign and pre-transition team for the last 10 years, 
There is enough here to begin impeachment proceedings. This does not suggest what the outcome of such a proceeding will be. Impeachment is only the beginning of an inquiry, analogous to a grand jury investigation, but it's time. It really is. And then he finishes with this, just so you know what we're dealing with here. I have a lot of admiration for Vice President Pence. I think he'd make a great president, and I think he can see the country and the Republican Party through this trying time. So he's not some bleeding heart Republican. That guy's a fucking conservative. That giving is correct. praise to the fucking bigot. That is to correct. the gay hating Mike Pence. That is correct. So this guy's a dipshit, but he understands chicanery when he sees it. Yes. All right. <laughs> Good summary. <laughs> well, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. If you are in a position to help support the show, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon and uh, pick a tier. If you got an extra five or 10 bucks a month, that goes a long way helping us support the show, mm-hmm. helping us keep the lights on, helping us look for a studio space, helping us grow the show to cover more and in better ways. I also recently purchased two books. I will not say what they are, but my goal is to contact, finish the books and contact the authors for interviews for the next two bonus episodes. Also. So you're, but I'm saying your donations also help support us in that work too. Yeah, I know sure. we haven't put out a bonus episode recently. That's something we really, really enjoy, but it, it has become difficult to read and contact people for bonus episodes for that content, but supporting the show helps us do more of that yes Yes. absolutely so call the show get in contact with us let us know what you think we'd love to amplify your voice with our platform that is what we do here so until then we will see you next time early next week for britney page i am jesse dollamore and this has been i doubt it oh hey quick fact check here um (laughs) What you're saying is not accurate.